Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion about What If Season 1, Episode 5, entitled What If... Zombies. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer and Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. So it's been a while since I've been on this podcast, Brad. I've been yeah, welcome uh, back. Yes, I've been traveling. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk about that on a future water cooler. But I've been um, been in the Caribbean. I've been to Florida. I've seen some things. But I've you know what I've also seen, Brad? I've seen the latest episode of What If, which is called What If dot 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 Zombies, which I gotta say might be the the best title ever. <laughs> of all time right what if dot 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 zombies um okay so as in every episode uh we go through our <laughs> our formula our layout of answering your reactions which actually we didn't get any this week i feel like this show is not conducive of like that much speculation so uh this week we didn't, we didn't really get many emails uh then we'll we'll go into so i guess we'll start off with our brief reactions we'll go into the breakdown of the episode and we'll end with the speculation uh so let's start with the brief reactions i will say this 
Well, first of all, I, I wasn't here for the last two episodes, so I want to say that the last two episodes were really good. I really enjoyed the, this last one in particular with Doctor Strange. Um, this uh, this episode, you know, I never read the Marvel Zombies comic books, and I always just assumed that it was one of those things to have like fun covers and fun two page spreads of, you know, Captain America as a zombie. And it's like, Oh, that's cool. And fun imagery. And there's probably not much to it, but after seeing this episode, I actually want to go back and read them because I, I didn't realize it was written by um, Robert Kirkman, the guy that did the walking dead. Uh, so maybe there was actually something to it because this, this episode was so much fun. It was so cool to see, a zombie film, or I guess a zombie episode, take place set in the MCU. It's something that we'll probably never get to see on film. And it was just funny, just fun to see like the twists and turns that were kind of unexpected and some some really zany stuff, like, you know, people's uh, decapitated heads and, and jars and stuff like that. Uh, but Brad, what did you think of this episode? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this episode too. It's it's uh, it's fun. Um, I'm not. I'm a little. Uh, it's it was a little difficult for me to buy into some of the zombie stuff conceptually because it's weird that they're undead, but they're still able to like use the, like have <laughs> have the wherewithal to use their superpowers and like for Tony Stark to use his armor and and stuff like that. So that's that's a little weird. But like I get you know why that's a thing. Um, and I like how it, you know, it plays with that in an interesting way, you know, uh, especially towards the end with what happens with Hope Van Dyne uh, as Wasp. And there's some really cool ideas and weird things that they did with characters that uh, it, it's cool to see it executed in this way since it's stuff that, like, you know, we'd never see in, in the live action MCU. Um, I, uh, again, and I'll keep saying this as long as it's an issue, I, I, <laughs> I, I find a problem with some of the voice acting again here and there. And I also have a, this, this truncated... Some of the character designs in this one, I was like, wait, that's supposed to be him? Really? Yeah. There's there's also, like, uh, an issue that keeps coming up with, because these are such short narratives, that they have to rush through things that I feel like need more time to truly resonate or land. And some of it is relying on what we already know about the MCU and the relationships that have already been established and what we know about these characters. But it also like introduces these new things where I feel like it would have been, it would be nice to actually have time for it to have more substance and significance rather than uh, rushing through things. Um, and some of the humor didn't work as well for me in this episode. But again, conceptually, it's very fun. It's a cool idea to apply to the MCU. And uh, since this is the only way we were going to get to see it outside of comics, uh, it's it's satisfying for the most part. Yeah, I almost want to say that I wish they had more time with these episodes. I know you've made that... Uh, criticism in the past with past episodes like i don't know would they would they wear out their welcome if they had more time but at the same time i i feel like with this episode they start it in the thick of things right and then we get the backstory we get like go back in time and then we find you know find out how the zombie apocalypse started from hank pym and then we fast forward back to real time and I almost wish we could have like seen everything play out, you know, in a linear fashion. Yeah. But maybe, you know, you would have needed a lot more time to do that. And yeah. And money. And money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's start the breakdown with, uh, let's talk about Bruce Banner, which I was alluding to of people that look almost nothing like themselves from the movies. 
the design of Bruce Banner here looks almost nothing like Mark Ruffalo. At times, like, they get it a little closer. But what did you think, Brad? Did Was it off? Uh, I didn't think it was terrible. You know, it's I think it's one of those things, too, where Mark Ruffalo doesn't necessarily have many distinct features um, yeah. to, like, properly caricaturize in this style um, that they've used for the series. So I think maybe that's probably where the disconnect is. There's nothing to, like, exaggerate or to enhance stylistically with this J.C. Lion Decker um, kind of artistic approach. So I think that that might be the issue. Yeah, he, he kind of has the what do you what do you call that? Where you have um, a little bit of a beard. Like you have yeah, the, the, um, the, the the stubble. Yeah, the stubble. So I guess that's his only trademark look. And it probably doesn't help that he crashed into the sanctum and he was naked, so he had to you know get dressed in sorcerer garbs. It's so, funny when I saw one of the shots that we see that is from this episode in the trailer. I thought that. Um, it was going to be an episode where Hulk uh, was also Hawkeye because <laughs> like Wait, why? Because uh, like that—that's the shirt he's wearing. Kind of looks like a purple oh. tank, top, tank top, and so I just assumed that like oh, in this one, Hulk must also be Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, this opening mimics the beginning of was it Infinity War or Endgame? No, it was Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah. Yeah, with Banner like crashing into the sanctum, but at that point. Uh, strange and wong were there to like help him out and there was like this big hubbub going on outside but that wasn't happening here and then he goes outside and uh also i should mention that when he crashes down into the sanctum he's giving the same warning that thanos is coming which Mm -hmm. i guess comes comes back later on in this episode but um I love here how the heroes show up and they're coming out of the portals kind of like at the end of Endgame and you're led to believe that they're here to save the day and then you watch from afar as like in the like the haze they all get turned into zombies and uh, I also like how they used um, I mean in the movie they did this with the portal they cut off someone's arm but here they cut off Wong's head Mm -hmm. (laughs) what did you think of this whole sequence? Yeah, it's it's fun. You know, it uses the zombie uh, concept to its advantage by you know mixing it with the superhero stuff and um, just yeah. It's I, I also appreciated just kind of like how gnarly it, uh, it is too from the get go. You know, we, like seeing these designs and stuff like that, and it gets even more kind of gruesome and grotesque as the the story goes on. And uh, you know, it's an interesting approach to see. Um, and I guess I was kind of surprised too that like having them the marvel superheroes in this zombie-fied form made them powerful enough to deal with ebony maw and Cole obsidian even though they weren't really too <laughs> easily able to do that when they were just their superhero selves so i guess being undead just makes you that much stronger uh good point i i i, I think you're trying to point paint this as a opt uh, like a, a positive thing but it seems like a criticism to me brad it's a little of both <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, let's talk about something that I liked, but I also didn't like. Let's talk about Spider-Man, because in this episode, he's set up as this, like, optimistic heart of the episode, which, I, you know, is, is a good way to go. Uh, but it's funny because, like, it, it feels like he's just, he's not playing Spider-Man. He's playing characters from other movies. Like, he does this whole uh, How to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse video that feels like it's ripped off of Zombieland. Like, yeah, I mean, it's obviously echoing like 
you know, the playfulness of Peter Parker in the other, you know, um, in the Spider-Man movies. But like this, the whole co- like idea of him doing this in such a stressful, dire time made zero sense to me. Like, I understand why they did it. It's mildly amusing. Yeah. But it feels like so much effort for such a silly thing when, when they need it to be something that actually does tell people what they need to do in order to survive <laughs> this zombie wasteland that the world has become. So that felt very weird to me. And honestly... Like whoever's doing the, the the joke writing for for these shows, like uh, man, I, they they need to like get comedians to come in and do punch ups and stuff like that because some of it just doesn't feel consistent. Like it was very weird to me that the reference that Peter Parker made to New York from pop culture was saying the ladies from Sex and the City is 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 young Peter Parker really going to be super familiar with Sex and the City and allude to them as like the one thing people should know New York for? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and also it seems like so they're using the character from Zombieland as kind of a template, and they also seem to be like using Jamie Kennedy's character from Scream as like a a, a point for him where he like yeah. has a knowledge Have of all. Have you seen horror movies? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I like that he's like cracking wisecracks and stuff, and he he has the knowledge of horror movies. It's the only Avenger that actually has had time watch horror movies i was also so so annoyed though that like he never referenced anything specific either like he just kept saying haven't you seen horror movies it's like yeah that's what you would say in these situations like when you're thinking of specific instances in pop culture haven't you haven't you seen action movies yeah yeah uh happy hogan shows up i was not expecting him to show up and he he looks kind of like john favreau from 30 years ago <laughs> yes <Right? laughs> um and uh also uh, in peter parker's video we see kurt who at first i was like i paused the, the episode and i was like who is kurt is kurt a new character who is kurt like i i really was racking my brain and i i couldn't even come to a conclusion i didn't like search it online and then f- later in the episode the the uh econ or whatever Bad shows up and I was like, oh, it's the Scott Lang. It's one of Scott Lang's buddies. It's not the it's not <laughs> the guy that we know. It's the other guy. <laughs> what do you, I mean, yeah, it is the I guess it is technically the other guy since it's not Michael Pena. Yeah. Which, man, it really it's I wish they could have gotten Michael Pena because then we could have gotten that cool Luis recap <laughs> of like how the zombie apocalypse went down. That would have been way better. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't they that? Well, they probably couldn't get him. Well, you really think he's busy during the pandemic? They they could have got him, right? I mean, I don't even think it's a matter of being busy. I mean, like think about all the other big Marvel stars they got, and like you can't yeah. get Michael Pena. Maybe yeah. maybe he was maybe he was just like, nah, this isn't for me. <laughs> okay, I, I feel like we're really overly negative about this, but I really enjoyed this episode. But I do want to say, out of all these heroes that survived becoming zombies early on in this episode, Sharon Carter, really, Sharon Carter. <laughs> I, I feel like she has she's one with the least powers and she's uh but that, oh, I mean, that show i think that shows how skilled she is though in spy yeah. craft and, and survival you know by the way i do want to bring up when peter parker was doing his whole video he had on screen like people's abilities and stuff and for sharon carter when she showed up one of her abilities was eulogies yeah because she gave the eulogy for her aunt peggy funeral. yeah <laughs> I don't know. That, that that was a joke that I actually it was it was an amusing little touch. Yeah, uh, I will say I, I love the world building stuff in this episode. Like the whole you know zombies 
don't want Vision because he's an android. He's not alive. Wakanda has become like this last refuge on Earth because, you know, it's invisible. The heroes are hiding in train cars or suspended between buildings thanks to Spider-Man's webs. Like all that stuff was kind of cool. And, um, okay, uh, Falcon and Hawkeye. So they they're kind of they they're they have a zombie team up as a bunch of super powered flying zombies. What did you think of that? Um, <laughs> it was cool to see visually. You know, it's it, it's it's funny. Like, <laughs> I I did like this episode. It sounds like we we didn't because we we're like nitpicking and so, so talking about so many things that like were kind of annoying and frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, so much of the enjoyment of this episode is, is predicated on the simple concept of, oh man, these characters are zombies. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's really like, that's what it is. And like, I, I'm sure that like the Marvel comics were like, it got a little bit more complex and like did more, you know, interesting things since they were able to take their time with it as opposed to rushing through a half hour story and, uh, having to tie it into the events of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, but like for, for what, you know, for as simple as a concept as it is, they do, do some very compelling things, uh, especially in the back half, I think, of the episode is where things get really strong. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. I, I do want to say I like the zombie action. The I mean, these episodes aren't bad when they get to the action. I feel like when it is not doing so well, it's like the more human drama and the comedy <laughs> it doesn't really work that well. Um, but like at one point, Bucky cuts zombie captain america in half with his shield which i liked um he says i guess this is the end of the line which at first i thought was just because they're like but they were in like a subway car right or train car but um someone online pointed out that that is a callback to winter soldier cap tells bucky when they're fighting in at the end of that movie uh that he is with Bucky until quote the end of the line. Yeah. Yeah. So, so even I missed that one. Um, do we want to talk? Uh, let's talk about hope. Cause uh, she, she plays a big role in this episode, right? Uh, yes. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> uh, yeah. She flies into Sharon's mouth and bursts out for, out of sight, out from inside her. Yeah, that uh, was, that, I was surprised that they actually like went went and did that because that was pretty gruesome for something that's kind of like geared towards kids. And they didn't make it as bloody and gory as you know it otherwise might have been in like a real zombie movie. But like for a show that when Hulk exploded, he just exploded in like a plume of green smoke in the third episode of What If. I was surprised to see them go this far with that. Yeah, I like how they use some some of the zombie movie tro- troop tropes. Uh, like, uh, you know, someone getting bit or scraped and then, you know, they're going to turn into a zombie, they think, but the the friends are unwilling to kill them off and hope here, you know, hero- heroically turns giant to get the team to safety, which I, I liked. Um, you know, they, they come across Vision, which this was like a fun turn. I did not expect this. You know, so Vision has figured out a cure for the zombies and has no interest uh, the, the zombies have no interest in him because he's an android and also has the Mind Stone, which is how they're going to cure this whole thing. But uh, it turns out that his his love has been clouded. His, or his love for Wanda has clouded his vision and he's feeding people to Wanda, which is just like so disturbing. This is the second week in a row that we've had 
a hero that has gone to the dark side because of love. Mm-hmm. Seems like the people that are writing this show do have some complicated thoughts about romance and love. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of the whole vision thing? Yeah, I really like this, especially after you know uh, WandaVision started the whole Marvel Studios TV series uh, run on Disney Plus. You know, this was an interesting spin on the relationship that we you know we already saw it have a, a tragic spin put on it and. Having this in this episode was surprising because uh, it was more of an emotional thing than I uh, was expecting. And this was one of the things where that made me wish that we had a little bit more time to kind of sit with it and have it resonate a little bit longer. You you still feel it. And I think even more so because we've already seen WandaVision. um, But like, you know, relying on that to create that emotional resonance, I don't think is entirely fair as far as storytelling. You know, you want it to be a self-contained episode and... Uh, there's so much of this series and this episode that relies on what we already know about the characters, which is fine. You know, it's, it's, it's useful and it makes sense, but I just, like, like I said, you know, I wish that we had a little bit more time for it to, to really hit harder. Agreed. Um, let's talk about Scott Lang. I, I think you're going to have some, some thoughts on this one. He's a, in, in this, he's a, a disembodied head in a jar, which is something out of like Futurama yeah. and <laughs> Later, he gets Doctor Strange's cloak of levitation as kind of his like body, which is just genius. But uh, the jokes here from Scott aren't really up to snuff. Yeah, I was really frustrated with the joke writing for for Scott here. It's it's not on the level of what you expect from someone like Paul Rudd, who is really funny in the Ant Man movies and the Avengers movies. And some of the stuff here just feels really poorly timed and just like. Even though Marvel does add humor at, at times of, you know, uh, in big action and, you know, situations that are very um, big in scope where, like, there's a high stakes, uh, it felt, like, just really out of place here because he just kept firing off these, you know, dad jokes, which he does, you know. Yeah, zombie poke, puns. Poke, poke fun at himself and, yeah, all these puns and everything. It was just – it was – it was way too much. I felt like they were trying way too hard to have Scott be like the, you know, well, he's still so funny. It's so weird because I feel like the Marvel movies do such a great job at humor and also balancing the humor with the actions and and stakes of, you know, what's going on. And I mean, I'm sure they have a lot more money to bring in. (laughs) Uh, Was it like Dan Harmon? Wasn't he brought in for like one movie to like give notes and, add jokes like so they bring in some big heavy hitters at, at times and they probably just don't have the budget here yeah but. well and plus it's it's standard practice for stuff like is like they have those sessions where they bring in comedy writers specifically for punch-ups you know to like add things like that well apparently they didn't have the the money to do it with the the series <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so uh scarlet witch is too powerful to accept treatment and is super powered mutant zombie, which I, I kind of love. But uh, again, uh, to, to your question, Brad, like, you know, how sentient is she? Like, how I always think of zombies as like all they're out for is like brains, they don't know anything else. But it seems like when you're zombies in this episode, that is not true, they're, they're smarter than that. They are, yeah. Um, so. I think if I have one problem with the Scarlet Witch vision aspect of this episode, it seems like vision kind of comes to the senses really 
way too easily. Yeah, that was that was another one of my big things of like not having any time to really like settle with like what's going on and to really make it a, a believable you know development in his character. Yeah, and I feel like it, it should have been an emotional moment. Him ripping out his own mind stone from himself, killing himself. I mean, uh, echoing what happened to him in Infinity War, but yeah, it happened well, not so only fast. That, yeah, not only did it happen fast, but I also had a problem with the fact that he he immediately before this happens, he says, I can't bring myself to leave her. And it's like, well, what are you doing when you're taking the gem out of your head? Like you're leaving her by killing herself. Like this is no different than just yeah. leaving her behind, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It really sounds like we didn't like this episode, but I, I really did like this episode. I'm telling you guys. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I can come away ap- appreciating, like, the entertainment value of it, but still recognize that it has, like, yeah. a lot of problems that, like, bugged me. Uh, so Bruce Banner finally hulks out to answer the fanboy question of who would win in a fight between Scarlet Witch and Hulk. Of course, there's an asterisk next to this because Scarlet Witch is a zombie Scarlet Witch. But it was fun to see. And the end of the episode has them escaping in a uh, what were they flying in? So they said he, they said quad jet, but like they're called, but they're called quinjet. So I don't know if a quad jet yeah. is different from a quinjet. Well, well, a lot of zombie movies have ended with like people escaping in a helicopter or whatever. I think even Dawn of the Dead ended like that. It's been a few years. I I don't know, but I I did want to mention that there's this nice moment while they're all in the the quad jet or whatever with T'Challa, uh, they're flying to Wakanda and he's explaining that death is not the end. And I know that this was recorded before Chadwick Boseman's death, but it, again, it seems really fitting. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the end teaser of this episode shows a bunch of zombies trying to break through the force fields outside of Wakanda I don't know how the zombies even know Wakanda is there. I guess they can smell the brains inside or something. And we see zombie Thanos wielding a completed infinity gauntlet. How a zombie Thanos would be able to get all those those gems? I mean, well, I, maybe he got them before he turned into Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Is I'm okay. thinking, he, yeah, he got all the gems and then came to Earth, you know, to do, I mean, whatever, I guess. <laughs> I mean, well, because like, yeah, I, I mean, I, he would have to come to Earth to get the Mind Stone and the um, the Time Stone. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, and then I guess that's where he would likely have been turned into a zombie. Okay, so now but I, I, like, okay, but here, But now here, now my question is, <laughs> because we know that, they, that zombie superheroes can use their powers even though they're zombies, so why can't zombie Thanos just use the Time Stone to turn back to before he was a zombie? Mm, that's a good question. I wasn't even thinking that. I was like, well, why doesn't Zombie Thanos just snap? I guess he doesn't, he no longer wants half of the world to disappear, but he could snap and do anything, right? Like the Infinity Gauntlet doesn't just make half the world, like the the universe disappear. That you could snap and do anything. So if he wants brains, he could snap and get all the brains he wants. I don't know. I, I I guess this leads into our speculation segment. <laughs> uh, it, well, first of all, do we I have we come to a conclusion? Do we think that each one of these episodes that ends with this cliffhanger, this thing that could have been like it seems like it would have been better off as a like a credit scene, but it's like at the end of the episode. 
it feels like a cliffhanger. Is it setting up another Marvel Zombies What If episode, or is it just a fun like Twilight Zone esque, like this is how it ends? I I don't know because they've um, Brian Andrews and AC Bradley have talked about how that there are some episodes that will and can be picked up for sequel stories in future seasons of what if you know and most of the episodes have had a a cliffhanger that is leading to something else or at least we're assuming is leading to something else um this one feels like it it, it could lean more towards just the oh wow that that's a fun twist at twilight zone kind of ending where you just you're like oh man imagine what it would be like if there was a zombie thanos um but i i also could see how they could pick that up since there are surviving superheroes and you know you would want to probably see what happens in the wake of thanos getting all the infinity stones as a zombie so it could go either way but it seems like one of those cliffhangers that like seems really interesting when you watch it and then the more you think about it you're like well they can't get through that force field they're kind of the the heroes are going to make it to wakanda with the mind stone shuri's gonna create a cure like, you know, where else is there to go with it? Like, if they were going to have another episode, where where can you even go? I mean, Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet. So if he wanted to, he could snap and I guess anything could happen. I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't seem like there's much room for another episode. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I, I, any other thoughts on this episode, Brad? Um... I don't think so. Yeah, this is one of the ones where like the the ending doesn't necessarily tie into like anything else that could happen in uh, future what if episodes or like allow for any crossover potential that we've been <laughs> anticipating uh, or anything like that. So, I mean, I'd like to see the future adventures of disembodied Scott Wang with the cloak of uh, Levit- levitation. levitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that could be fun as long as I get some better joke writers. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, that does it for today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. If you have any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, did you notice anything in this episode? Do you have any questions, speculation that we might have missed? Send it to Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write us like a sentence or two if you like this kind of thing. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.